Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Good morning. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I know I did. There's, uh, there's been this verse that's been ringing pretty loud in my heart. And it's, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Or you could say, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And uh, as we were celebrating Thanksgiving, Sandy's family came up. There was 11 of us in the room and we had our Thanksgiving meal. And we were playing some games and we finished up our games and we were like, you know, we should just maybe take 15 minutes and give thanks to God. You know what? Two and a half hours later, we were finishing up giving thanks to God. Because, you know, when you start thanking God, I said, for he is good. So every place that God has been good to you, then we're returning thanks back to him. And so the family, we just sat in there. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of laughter. But I told my family, I said, it's very rare that people can get that real and that transparent. Sometimes we keep it kind of surface level. But we went deep. And I just want to encourage you as you celebrate Thanksgiving and through the holidays with Christmas, go deep with your families. Don't be afraid to, to ask them to give thanks. To, to go into that place that's maybe a little unknown for some families. But God is good. And his love endures forever and ever and ever and ever. And you know, Dee was talking about first fruits. When I looked up that verse, give thanks to the Lord, if you look at a lot of the Psalms, it's the very first verse in the Psalm. Give thanks to the Lord. There's something about thanksgiving. There's something about giving. And I've been thinking about giving. And it, I want to become extravagant in giving. You know the story D shared last week about the woman that poured out the expensive perfume on Jesus. She was extravagant with her giving. And I believe that God is looking for extravagance when it comes to giving. Isn't he extravagant when he gives to us? Wasn't he extravagant when he gave his son Jesus? And wasn't Jesus extravagant with his love here on this earth? When we think about, I, I believe I would be true in saying this, if we were to think about the last three months, what's happened here at Harvest House? I think probably 40, 30, 40, 50 people have given their life to Jesus and been baptized. You know, that's amazing. And I think we need to give thanks to God, you know, because he's so good. Think about it. Some of these students came to Boone thinking they were going to get an education, and they are, but they got something better. Jesus hijacked their life. And so now we're, we're meeting with people and discipling them and, 
and helping them grow in their faith. So when we think about giving thanks, I think we need to just remember the great things that God is doing. I mean, we talked about it a few weeks in a row, but don't you feel this stirring going on in your heart for more? Don't you feel like God is creating this hunger in our hearts for more? I mean, every Tuesday morning, 20-something guys gather here for prayer. I mean, and they're praying for you. They're praying for the body. They're praying for their families. They're praying for our nation. Something extravagant is going on when it comes to giving, when it comes to prayer. And that's why we want to do first, first Monday, first Wednesday. We want to give back to God. We want to become a very generous church, not just with money, but with everything that we have. So if we were to look at Psalm 118, I'm, I'm going to maybe get buzz through a lot of verses this morning. So if you have your Bible or you have your phone, some, Psalm 118.1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. His loving kindness is everlasting. If you were to just, like I said, go through, let's, let's do something. Let's go to Psalm 136 real quick. I don't think we have that one. Somebody put those up a little bit. I'm going to say give thanks to the Lord I'm gonna say the first part and then I want the congregation to say his love endures forever, okay? So I'll say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. Come on. Isn't that good? <laughs> What if you just started saying that every time somebody said, man, God's good. His love endures forever. Like it was just on our lips. Like we were so over and above when it comes to thanksgiving. You know, Sandy and I have been on this, this journey over the last year. We've been in Boone for 11 months. And when I look around this room, I, I, I love y'all. I mean, I really love the people at this church. And you know, we need to give thanks for this community. I've been in a lot of places, and what we have here is really special. It's really God-given. The men I'm meeting with in life groups, I mean, I love working out with Will. Will just started joining us working out. I'm loving to get to know Will. And in the context of life groups, you get to know people. You become grateful for them. So I believe Thanksgiving begins in the heart, don't you? If you're grateful in here, it will be expressed through your lips, through your mouth, through your hands, through your attitude. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Grateful, thankful, blessing people constantly. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 
You probably know it, you've probably heard it, but I want to just remind you, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Think about every circumstance, every situation you're in right now. I know some of you are in difficult times, but you know God is with you and God is good and will be good in this situation to you. Noble and I, uh, this past summer, my son Sam, he's with us. I'm so glad you're home, son. But we did this thing called Paint Week. Uh, if you know about my past, I have a, a wallpaper company that we started a long time ago, and we still do a little bit of painting and wallpapering. But this past summer, when all the students move out from their, their homes or their apartments, they do this thing called paint works. So they go in and repaint all the apartments. And we were doing that. And there was this one apartment complex that had tons of steps. I mean, you had to go climb a step, land, climb, land, climb. It just kept going, going, going. It's crazy, but Noble was going up and down the stairs because he had to go get the pain a lot, and this guy, he kept crossing paths with this guy, and this guy kept complaining like, man, I hate walking up these steps. This stinks. He said a few other things too. <laughs> and Noble said, you know what? I'm just glad I've got legs and I can walk up these stairs. And the guy stopped. He said, Dude, you're right. I got to quit complaining. I'm going to give thanks because I have legs. You know, it's the way we see things. Have you ever had to pick up something heavy and you're like complaining about it or you have to walk a long way to your car? Thank God you're, you have the strength to do what you do. Like get a different perspective on thanksgiving and giving thanks. I mean, I like to work out, but I don't like all the CrossFit workouts. They'll kick your butt. I mean, they really will. But in the middle of a lot of them, I'll just go, thank you, God, that I have the privilege of working out. You know, in other countries, their workout is going to plant crops, harvest crops. They don't have the luxury of going to work out like we do. We have so much to be grateful for and so much to be thankful for. How many thank yous do you give a day? How many times do you stop and thank somebody for, for what they're doing? Being grateful is kingdom. Being generous, being kind is so kingdom, so God. And I just wanna encourage us to become extravagant in saying thank you. Like in our worship, when we leave here, we're just, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're so grateful it just comes out of us and it bubbles out of us. You remember the story of the 10 lepers? You've heard me talk about that before. Well, can you imagine if you had leprosy and Jesus came to your town? Leprosy killed you. Your fingers would fall off your toes, your ears, your nose. It would kill you. But Jesus healed 10 lepers and only one leper out of the 10 came back to thank him. And when I think of first fruits, you know what I've been thinking? 
if the tenth, or we give a tenth to God, only one out of the ten came back to thank Jesus. There's something about giving thanks first. I think you've heard me say it, but I'll repeat it again. In that story, nine of the ten lepers, they were healed. They, that's all they got. They got straight healing. But the, the one that came back received the wellness. It said he was made well. And that word in the Greek was sozo, S-O-Z-O. And so that guy got the salvation, he got saved, he got healed, and he got delivered. He got the total package and he was made, his whole being was made well because he came back and thanked God. So he got the full benefits of thanksgiving. So when you and I receive something from the Lord, we need to be quick. Like the first thought, I'm running back to God. I'm gonna thank God for what he's done. Like we're, we're running back. I'm not going to stop until I thank God for what he's done. And then that becomes contagious. Thanksgiving is very contagious. The next part I wanna hit is, is for God is good. I just wanna talk about being good. I wanna talk about God. I wanna talk about how good he is. But I wanna... I want to bring you to, let's go to Psalm 100 real quick. Another familiar one. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. For the Lord and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. His goodness keeps going on and on and on. And the goodness that he shows to you and your family is goodness that can be carried on from generation to generation. Just think what a thankful people could do every generation, how they could grow in thanksgiving. How they could grow in their knowledge of God. When I think about God is good, you remember when you were little, did you ever learn that, that prayer before you ate, God is good? Our God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. We started teaching our kids a long time ago that God is great and God is good. But somewhere along the way as we get older, sometimes we forget how good he is. And I don't want us to forget that. So I wanna focus on something that I think is really awesome. Go to Acts 10, 38. I want you to highlight this on your phone or or in your Bible, but this is an amazing verse about good. Acts 10, 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. 
Do you know that you're anointed by God to go and do good? Like you have permission by God to go and just do as good as you can do. Like do, do all out good. Like extravagantly do good. So if Jesus went around doing good, shouldn't we be going around doing good? Because didn't Jesus say we were going to do greater things than he? So if we're going around doing good, it becomes like so kingdom in our midst that everybody's doing good. I'm not talking about doing good to get to heaven. I'm not talking about that. This is completely different. Go to John 5, 19. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. Think about that. Jesus went around doing good because he saw his father doing good. So you and I, whatever Jesus did on this earth, we should be going around every day of our life doing good. What about if we woke up this morning and we said, what can I do good today? Who can I do something great for? Who can I bless today by doing something good, something amazing? Lord, who do you want me to show kindness to? Makes me think of that story of David. After Saul had died, there was a, a young boy, Mephibosheth, he couldn't even walk. And David said, is there anyone from the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? And David lavished that kid with kindness. And he ate at the king's table all the days of his life. And that was unheard of for a king to do that for another king's son. How much more does Jesus want to do for us? And how much more does he want us to do for other people? His loving kindness is everlasting. So the love he's lavished on us, we've got to lavish it on other people if we want to see the world changed. Check this out. Ephesians 5.1. If you want to turn there real quick, I don't know if we have it. Yep. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love. Live a life of love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Think about that. That aroma when we imitate God. You know, we were created, D said, we were created in the image of God. If God is good, then we should be doing good, shouldn't we? Should that be a part of our DNA? We're like our Father. We're like Jesus. So we're going about, we're anointed by God, just like Jesus was, and we're going about doing good. Every chance we get, we're going around doing good. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. 
Remember that workmanship, that canvas, that, that beautiful piece of art that you are. Like God has prepared good works for you to do today. Like before you even get out of this church building, there's something good to do for someone else today. Like he's prepared it. Just think about the word prepare. Like he can't wait for you to step into that good situation so that you can show the kindness of God. Just think about that. He's prepared. He's like, I've prepared this. I'm so excited for you to step right into this. Are you looking? Are you available? Are you, pre are you prepared? If God asks you to step into a situation, are you prepared? Yes, Lord. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it, Lord. I'll be generous. I'll be kind. I'll be loving. I'll pray for someone. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll step into it because you've already prepared me for it. You've already prepared the situation for me to step into. And you know what? He's designed each one of us in this room in a special way so that you can do that. Some people are very outgoing. Some people are very energetic. Some people are chill. You know, we're all different, but God created something for all of us. You don't have to be an evangelist to lead somebody to Jesus. Do you know that? You don't have to have like the anointing of evangelist to lead somebody to the Lord. You don't have to have to be a pastor to preach or to teach because God has put something in you to do and it's a good work. I had something pretty cool happen to me. A few weeks ago, I was at a local line. Man, great things happen at local line, don't they? <laughs> Come on. You get to read the Bible. You get to talk to people about Jesus. You get to drink good coffee. I mean, it's just all so good, just chilling in there. But I was in there, and I was, I've been meeting. Like for some, Sometimes in North Carolina, I'll literally stay there three or four hours because I'll have one appointment right after the next. And I just go from one table, then I'll get up, and I'll go over to another table, and I'll meet with that person. Then I'll go over and meet with somebody else. But I was, I was getting ready to buy some coffee. The guy that was with me, I said, hey, man, can I buy your coffee today? And he's like, man, come on. I was like, no, I really want to. Do you mind? And then the lady behind him, I said, ma'am, I want to buy your coffee today. I said, we've been practicing generosity at our church, and we're trying to get it out of the four walls and out into the community. I said, do you mind if, if I buy your coffee? And she said, no, that, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. So I got her coffee, and then you know what happened? It, this was amazing. She, two more ladies walked in behind her, and she said, I'm going to imitate what this gentleman just did. Can I buy your coffee and your coffee? A trickle. Generosity is powerful. The world is not used to seeing people be generous. It's not something that they see every day. And uh, when I had my business, I still have it, but I would go into a lot of people's homes and I would be working. And the Lord would say to me, I would hear his, in my heart, he would say, I, I want you to do this job for free today. 
I want you to give it to the, to the people here. And you don't know how many people just literally, I'm not exaggerating, they sobbed. They were crying so hard when I, when I said, you, today, they said, what do I owe you, sir? I said, ma'am, today is free. I said, the Lord owns this business. I work for him, and he wants me to give you this as a, as a token of his goodness and kindness to you. Will you receive it from the Lord? And people would break down and start crying. They're like, I've never had anybody give me anything like this before. There's so many ways we can show kindness. It's unbelievable. Do you own a business? Do you have a talent? Do you have an ability that God has granted you with? Give it away to somebody. You know what? If I could sing, I would sing some of you a song. I really would. I love to sing, but I cannot do it very well. But if I could sing, I would prophesy. I would come up to you and play a song over you. I would. It's in my heart to do it, and I might break out and just do it one day. I just might. There's power in that, y'all. There's so much power in it. You know, Dee's been on this theme about do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If you have your Bible, go to, go to Romans 12, 9 through 11. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Those two verses right there are amazing. In nine, it also says, but honor one another above yourselves. In a culture of honor, it overcomes evil. See, in the world, everybody's jockeying for first place. But in the kingdom, you don't mind giving honor to people. You don't mind extending grace to people because you want to honor people above yourselves, and that's doing good, and that's overcoming evil in the world. When I think about do not be overcome, I, I, I got this thing. Do not be run over by evil, but run over evil with good. Like I literally want to run over evil, but I want to do it with the goodness and the kindness of God. So when you think about overcoming evil, think about literally like you overtaking evil with good, not evil overtaking you. But you're overtaking evil. You're gaining ground on evil and you're stomping evil in the ground. When you think about evil, if you add a D, you got devil. I mean, the devil is evil. If you take the word good and you drop an O, you've got God. God is good. The devil is evil. It's real, it's simple. We don't have to try to figure all of that out. Just start doing good and you overcome evil. You overcome the devil. And what did Jesus come to do? To destroy the works of the devil. So kindness and goodness destroys darkness, destroys the enemy. Let's go to 1 Timothy 6.10. 
Is that up? Excuse me, 1 Timothy 6, 18. Sorry. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. You ready to share today? You ready to, to give back? You ready to give of yourself? You ready? Are you ready to just like go on a sharing rampage? I'm gonna share. I'm gonna give. When I think about overcoming evil, I'm, this might cause a little bit of a in the room when I say this. Go to go to First Timothy chapter two. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all goodness, godliness, and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So when we pray for people in authority, when we pray for our leaders, it says this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. I'm not afraid to say from this pulpit, we need to pray for President Trump. I'm not afraid to say we need to pray for the Senate and the Congress. I'm not afraid to say we need to pray for our governors we need to pray for local government right here. That they would come to a saving knowledge of the truth. You know, there's so much division going on in the world. Democrats, Republicans, whatever it is. But if we could overcome, if we could just say, you know what? When somebody makes an off co comment about one of our leaders, we just say, you know what we should do? We should do what the word says. Why don't we pray for them? Why don't we ask God to save them or they would come into a saving knowledge of the truth? Why don't we start there instead of chiming in and just getting it stirred up? So if we think about how to overcome. I'm almost finished. If the worship team wants to come on up, if y'all wanna get ready. Let's talk about generosity for just one moment. If you've got your, your Bible or your phone, like I said, go to 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. When I think of the word excel, I think acceleration. I think about putting my foot on the pedal in my car and I just go faster. Let's think about this Christmas. Let's think about acceleration in generosity. Let's think about accelerating and giving giving love, giving kindness, giving our money. 
I don't want to be bound by money. I want to be able to give. Whatever passes through my hands, I want to be generous and let God have whatever he wants to have and what God wants me to give away to other people. I want to read something to you in the message. Would you all stand with me, please? In Matthew 5, in the message, I love the way it says this. I'm gonna read it to you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you a light bearer, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Catch this. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I'm not trying to make you come up to the front, but I'd, I'd like for us to just do something. I'd like for us to just determine this morning that we're going public with this. That we're not gonna keep it just right here in these comfortable seats and comfortable room, but we're going public with our generosity. We're going public with our giving. We're going outrageous with our giving. So. As a sign of us going public, can we just leave our seats? And can we just come up to the front and worship together this song? Like, let's just leave our, any place of mediocrity. Let's just leave any place of complacency. And really, any place of greed in our hearts. That we just leave greed at the chair and we would become generous givers of God. So let's just sing this together and devote ourselves. Let's give ourselves to God. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboone.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.